both the Israelites and Christians understood that they were able to exert their evil influence on the world. In the period of the Old Testament, Satan was regarded as the great tester of humankind, who constantly sought grounds upon which to accuse and test God's people. Ironically, John turned the tables by commanding Christians to become testers of the spirit to determine their origin, that is, whether from the evil one or the Holy Spirit, and the truthfulness of their message. The apostle assured believers that by testing the spirit and relying upon God's power, their victory over the testers and his subordinates was assured. So you are assured that you can be an overcomer, reminding you that you believe in Christ and he died for you, he came in the flesh. I remind you again that you believe he is the Son of God who came in the flesh and died for your sins. You shall be saved. And that sounds simple, but it's hard for some people to believe that and grasp the hold of that and understand that that's what's going to take them far in God's kingdom. Amen. Now we're going to look at the Bible application of the scripture today. On page 87. God is very, uh, God is everything good because God is perfect. Jesus' love showed us that God is love and what it means to truly love. If we are thinking of others before ourselves, if we are serving others and valuing others more than ourselves, we are living in God's love. That's hard to do with those who hate us or abuse us or devalue us. It is difficult to do, but it is possible because Christ lives in you and he is love. God lives in you and he is love. So that love has to be exhibited not only to those around us who love us, but to those who have no particular intention in loving us at all. Those who hate us, our enemies. We have to love them. We don't have to like what they do or what they say, but we still have to love them with the love of Christ. That's the only thing that's going to change their mind. Scripture talks about pouring hot coals on their head by loving them. You can love them from afar if you want to, but you still have to pray to them and love them. In uh, this time and day that we're living, we, we do have enemies. We may not know who they are, but you know, when they stay away from you, you know they don't particularly care for you. And, and we understand that. But God's love, it has to be spread. And that's the way he's doing it. It was through his people. And if we fall down on the job, we, we have to stand before God one day. And he's going to say, you know, how did you love your neighbor? Did you love him or her as, as yourself? How did you love those in your workplace? Were you angry with them because you didn't get the promotion? How did you uh, uh, work with people who were in the street? Are you kind to them? You can give them a parking spot when you know you can go get another one. You know, all kinds of little things. God's looking at everything. Everything he's looking at. But we've got to love in spite of ourselves. Because our flesh has no sense of natural love. Uh, we have a sexual love, you know, a love that we have. But we have to uh, uh, have this deep, wonderful love of people. People everywhere, of every race, creed, uh, color, orientation, whatever God created, his children, we have to love. And it's not
I would never say it to you. But we have to at least put forth an effort to love others. And that's very important for us. So we have to learn to be living in perfect love. Love is and God loved humanity so much. He gave his very best. He didn't think of himself, but gave his most beloved gift, his only son. A well-known description of God's love certainly is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, we should often visit that scripture because sometimes we forget. And if you want to know about God's love, just remind yourself of John 3, 16 sometimes. That God's unselfish, giving love to us was his only begotten son. And that might change your attitude sometimes about loving others. Because uh, we would have to think twice before giving up our son. I know I have to pray about it first. I only have one son. And that would be hard. So, because we want to be like Jesus, we love others. We want to love others as God, as God loves us, perfectly and sacrificially. Accordingly, verse 15 13, God's love is the greatest bliss gift to all of us. His love never gives up. His love cares for more for others than it does for itself. Love is not prideful and always looks for the best in others. The Apostle Paul explained that God's love is the motive for everything we do. If not, what we do really amounts to nothing in his eyes. If you give all your belongings to the poor, and it's not driven by love, your giving is unprofitable. Finally, if you suffer unto death for a worthy cause, but not for the sake of love, your great sacrifice is absolutely useless. The Apostle Paul said it is a simple equation. If you live in love, God lives in you. It's through Him and His Spirit that we love others. We do not naturally love others because unlike God, they're selfish and self-centered. In, in our everyday lives, our needs and want come first. Think about that. Yeah. We look after self first. And then we move on to somebody else. So how do we love like Jesus? 